feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck. Alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Bye, 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 Matt. Red Rocket, Red Rocket. Remember that South Park episode? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, today we are reviewing Sean Baker's Red Rocket, starring Simon Rex, Susanna Sun, uh, and more. Um, Eric, how you doing? I'm okay. Uh, we're a little late on on this review, but um, a big congratulations yeah, opening weekend, right? Or is it Simon, last weekend? Last weekend in the U.S. Oh, okay. This weekend in uh, Toronto, and I believe it's only playing at the Scotia Bank Theater uh, at the moment. Um, if Spider Man doesn't kick it out, yes. But also <laughs> a big congratulations to Simon Rex, who won yes. the Los Angeles Films Critics Award for Best Actor. Best Actor. So I feel like the LA Film Critics really kind of nailed how me and you were feeling this year uh, on some things. Was that pun intended? Nailed. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Simon Simon Rex. I I think it's probably the best performance of the year. Just to get right into it, but we'll kind of do our whole spiel. But like, uh, good for him. I'm glad they had. Uh, you know the guts to do that because I really do uh, love his performance in this and I feel like because he's Simon Rex might be you know because he's the guy from the scary movie movies um, I feel like some people uh, will dismiss him for that even if this performance is really 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 great um, well also because they might some people might not even know that he's from the scary movie um, sequels they might mm-hmm. think of him as a non-actor or they, if too. they do know him from his uh, VJ days as an MTV VJ or his solo Adult. performances yeah, or yeah. things like that they just might think he's not playing a part they just might think he's just playing himself right which might not be completely incorrect but um, he's really good at it. And I mean, that's just good casting, I think, and and good writing when you um, find the person who is perfect for a role, even if it's inspired by a bit of their, you know, real life personality or what they've done. Well, it reminds me so much. And I, and I said this when we were kind of talking about it um, on our last regular episode with the Critics' Choice nominations and what we picked. The performance reminds me so much of Sylvester Stallone in Rocky, where it kind of feels like a second skin. And when he inhabits the role, to your point, it's perfect casting, but it's so believable and so lived in and so real that it's also a great performance. And I think like a lot of other actors, if they were cast in that role, it would ring false there's a truth and honesty that uh, Rex is able to kind of bring to the performance. And also just thinking as well, Stallone started his career in softcore core uh, in the <laughs> Italian stallion. So I think the comparison there is apt and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's the narrative itself. You can kind of do that kind of John Travolta, Pulp Fiction, Mickey Rourke, the wrestler kind of thing where this, you know, this guy who's kind of known for these bit parts kind of burnt out in after the early 2000s and now, you know, comes back with a role that is both uh, a character piece, but also a showcase for him. Um, And then also just kind of working in an environment that is very kind of realistic and rustic and at a point in time that is very pivotal in sort of modern us politics that has divided uh an entire country i think is is really interesting and worth having that conversation but yeah red rocket is one of those movies that you're either going to be in 
or you're you're out in the first five ten minutes of the movie based on uh mikey saber who is an ex-porn star who hustles his way back to texas city texas his hometown um where he reconnects and tries to crash on the couch of uh his estranged wife uh lexi played by uh brie elrod and sort of there you see this kind of master manipulator with a desperate charm able to kind of weasel his way into uh, people's lives and use them to his own benefit. And as he's trying to kind of get his life back in order, we see him, you know, go to, uh, you know, every sort of uh, help wanted ad or, or, or job. And you made a really, really interesting and good sort of um, point about how, hiring somebody who has an adult film star background worse than being a criminal yeah. criminal and it does it twice in this movie because the other one that it does and we'll talk about this more with the, with the story but it shows you that the age of consent in texas is 17 but weed is still illegal yeah no and i think that's what uh makes this movie you know so great and i feel like and, and mikey being such an unlikable but charming guy and which just makes him so captivating to watch, but then just makes you kind of go, you are a gigantic piece of shit who is only out for himself. Um, but then that goes to what you just said. And I, I think is really interesting because at the beginning of the movie, I think the movie's great. And um, I really like Sean Baker as a filmmaker, uh, at least in his last few movies. Like I like his little, auteur kind of quirks of like keeping the same kind of font and style i like his music choices with his opening credits and like those little things that i always kind of latch on to with filmmakers um i just really really vibe with uh but then going into the just the general story of this it is this kind of weird hangout movie with this one character who's trying to get his life back on track but is he and i think that's kind of really interesting is that i feel like he was pushed out of an industry that he ne didn't necessarily kind of want to be pushed out of so he had to kind of figure out his shit and because he worked in it for so long like i i think it, there's a really interesting nugget there about you know um culture in the u.s of this guy who's trying to make an honest living who is coming back to his hometown. He's still, you know, taking advantage of his ex-wife and her, her well, mother. Wife. He's still married and, to her. Oh, sorry. His wife. Uh, yeah. And I mean, they're separated. They've been separated for a while, but he goes back to her. He's taking it, trying to take advantage of her. He starts sleeping with her again to just kind of, because multitude of reasons, but it's just taking advantage of her and the mother. So that there is some kind of, you know, he's always out for himself, but what I really kind of liked was, yeah, analyzing you know sex work and, and and things like that and and how there's just been such a stigma on it and i think it's done even better in a movie like pleasure which we saw at sundance um at least focusing on you know a, the adult film industry and, and being in and it's a much more serious movie and things like that but what this movie does really well is what you just said eric where i i really thought it was fascinating when he goes to just try to work at a restaurant or he tries to work at a cafe or or wherever he's putting in his resume everywhere and then when he finally like he's a charming guy so he's always talking to the people doing these interviews but like um, when he reveals that they're like, why haven't you been working for the last decade? He's like, well, I have been working, but I've been working as an adult film actor. And cause like, even before that, 
you you get in these interview moments a guy being like if you've been in jail no big deal like that's fine we can deal with that because that's like a little bit more private you can kind of hide that right but because they see him as this adult film actor um where his videos are very accessible on certain websites uh, i'm not wearing my brazzers t-shirt today but i am wearing <laughs> an uh-oh shirt um i just found that fascinating where it's like you can be a criminal but if you did legal sex work you can't work here um, you just, you can't, someone might find out and then that'll ruin my reputation. And then that drives this guy to making horrible decisions again, where he could have maybe been put on maybe a better path. He's self-destructive. So he might've, you know, found himself back in the same spot as he, he does throughout this movie. But I really think that that's fascinating. Um, that little nugget of being like this guy down on his outs is like, I'm going to try to get a legit job, but then society is like no bro we're not doing it so he has to start dealing weed again and and then to your other point of being like dealing weed in texas is illegal but he starts a relationship with a 17 year old girl who he doesn't actually and, care for in any way it's a he's an opportunist yeah. because he meets strawberry played by Susanna's son who is who's also excellent. amazing yeah. in this movie and it's her first film and she works at this local donut hole um, and he sees this opportunity as a stepping stone to get back into the adult industry. To it's use just about her. himself. Yeah. And he's grooming her. And that's like, that's where the controversy comes into play mm-hmm. because you're watching a character basically manipulate this young girl in child really. Yeah. <laughs> like, into basically getting back into the adult industry, but also at the same time, it makes a Baker makes a very, and, and, and Chris uh, Burgo, who's the co-writer make a very, strong stance stance ethically speaking where they're not saying for you to root for him or Mm -hmm. or not root for him they're being very observational with the storytelling but i think what you are trying to root for him when when you are watching simon do the right thing (laughs) is to finally make the right choice in his life the one time And going back to that thing I just said, he almost at the beginning is sort of trying to do that. You don't necessarily know his motivations in that moment, but he is trying to make money and then he's driven to deal weed again. But I agree with you that like he's not a good guy and they never like even though the movie is funny and, you know, he is charming and enjoyable to watch. He is a bad person objectively. So it's like the movie presents it in that way where I feel like something different. You guys can check out our licorice pizza review and i have some criticisms of that movie and how it treats you know a relationship between an adult and a child um to what this movie treats an adult and a child and they're both doing you know similar things even though the um like you said the motivations of the characters are very different which is why one is maybe uh worse but easier to watch than Something that's, I mean, they're both bad in my opinion, um, but one presents it in a different way than the other. And I feel like this movie presents it as like what he is doing is awful of grooming this this young woman to maybe become a porn star. And he's starting this sexual relationship with her when, yes, maybe the age of consent is 17, but like is still not okay what he is doing. But I feel like when it's presented in film in this way, it's like, okay, Mikey Saber is objectively a bad person. And I think on film, it is okay to portray people doing objectively bad things or just bad things in general, as long as you present them in a way that is that or lets the audience decide for themselves. 
Um, when it's done the other way, and I, Hollywood has this weird fascination with you know adults having relationships with people who are on the cusp of adulthood. And I mean, Woody and, Allen made a whole yeah. career out of it. And yeah, and we saw why. Um, and I feel like that is always a little off-putting or uncomfortable for me. And I feel like, you know, we are getting less and less of that now, but then you are seeing it in a movie like this and Licorice Pizza, but I just feel like they're handled in completely different ways. And we'll talk about that on our Licorice Pizza review, which you guys can check out. And Eric, you can comment it on here because I just did too. But, um, you know, I, I in this movie, because it's, about Mikey and and he is a bad person that uh, like, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I'm fine with how they portrayed that, even though it is uncomfortable at times. And, um, you know, it's weirdly funny at times, but then you're like, Oh, this guy is just the worst. He's Um, so repulsive. (laughs) He's just so repulsive. And he keeps, like you said, you want him to make the right decision just once in one of these situations, you want him to do the right thing because he almost, this this weird charm that he has, which is why you can see he was successful as an adult film actor, um, because he's charismatic and he has a presence to him, right? Like, and I feel like, and he has confidence, and like that exudes from uh, from his Simon Rex's performance, and that's what makes the movie so incredibly watchable. And then on top of that, what Baker's so good at is taking you know non actors and and using them in what feels like an authentic way, and you know showcasing a side of the U S and just society that you don't necessarily see that often on film. And I know some people kind of see that as, you know, whether it's, um, exploitative. uh, Yeah. And, and I totally see that argument. Um, for me personally, I see it as him just, Hey, I'm just going to showcase this. I feel like it is pretty authentic, but, um, I definitely could see that other side of, um, of poverty porn kind of thing. I mean, that's the perfect, well, that came up with the this. Florida project yeah. as well, right? Specifically sort of looking out on the outskirts of society and specifically, you know, a, a demographic of people that maybe aren't sort of ever spotlit in in, in film. And and I think... Or they're usually done in really cliched ways. In or caricatures. Yeah, caricatures. yeah, yeah. With this, I, I agree with you that there is that conversation to have and a debate to have, but I don't think... Baker is out to exploit the people that he's showcasing in this movie. He's basically intrigued and interested in them as people and just kind of wants to follow along and see how, you know, this small microcosm works. And I think it is interesting and it's, it's obvious that, you know, this is set during um, Trump's presidential campaign in 2016, partly because um, Baker didn't want any traces of COVID in the in the movie. He was actually going to make another film and was <laughs> was going to shoot that in Vancouver, but that fell through because of the pandemic. So he kind of went to this. Um, and when you're watching it, you can understand why some people who feel disenfranchised and on the fringes of society would vote for somebody like Trump or would gravitate towards somebody like Mikey Saber because they offer something that is hollow, but at least it's something that they they're they're being seen by this person, or at least they think that they're being seen by this person. And that's a, a really obvious kind of sort of observation with 
the Lonnie character, the next door neighbor, yeah. where the way that Mikey Saber kind of takes him under his wing and, and, and being the kid who is, you know, the next door neighbor and babysat by Lexi at one point and sort of his dynamic with Mikey is really fascinating as well. And it goes to some unexpected places. The other thing I do want to say about this movie is that it is very, very funny. It Baker has yeah. amazing comedic timing, not only as a director, but as an editor. editor the way yeah. that he cuts certain scenes or the way that uh, cinematographer Drew Daniels, and it's all shot on 16 millimeter, and it has this kind of God, like looks so good, lived dude. in quality yeah. to it. Um, and Drew Daniels also has shot all of uh um, the director uh, uh, Trey Edward Schultz's movies from It Comes at Night. That makes sense um, for to me. To Krishna I and, love and things the look like that. Of all of those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 this movie specifically, again, like it just has a texture and feel to it that is that you just miss. That you yeah, just and don't it's period that. appropriate too, in a way, because it is a period piece, even though it's a yeah. recent period piece. Yeah, totally. And I I don't like being one of those guys. It's like film i miss it like but i you do every time you see a movie like this that's shot on 16 mil or 35 or uh stuff like that even 60 that um when you watch it and again comparing it to licorice pizza go listen to that review which i think we saw on digital unless it was like the most pristine 70 millimeter print that i've ever seen in my life um but that movie still has a, a great texture to it and you do miss films that were shot on film so you when you see one and and see great cinematography on top of that it's just it's so refreshing and just adds another element to the movie like you said like just the, i feel like skin tones just look better and like it just has this lived in quality that just matches kind of the, the sweaty hot nature of of texas too and him riding around on his bike and like and like you said it is just so funny even though this guy is like so repulsive and just such a giant piece of shit you just can't help but want to watch everything he does <laughs> like like He's i would watch a another character yeah. in the same way that you think of like someone like Oscar Isaac and in Inside Lewin Davis or Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems or Charlie Theron and Young Adult. The, the people that these actors are playing are despicable people or unlikable or at least prickly to a certain degree. But at the same time, I think you need to have movies about unpleasant people. It doesn't matter if your protagonist is a horrible person as long as they're compelling or mm -hmm. interesting. And Simon Rex's performance and the character that has been constructed in this is such a fascinating person and a very flawed person. And it does kind of make you feel better about yourself watching it. But at the same time, I think it is a great great movie for that because it's showing you somebody that exists in this world that you know isn't going to be the star of a blockbuster franchise or something like that even though i really want simon rex to now be in the fast and furious movies because oh there's God, a reference yeah. to him uh playing the paul walker version in the porn parodies which yeah, i think is very is funny great. so please Vin i mean Diesel's. he would be perfect in one of oh he would movies. he'd be amazing he i watched f9 again last night or the last two nights um uh, Nevis fell asleep halfway through, so we had to watch the second half uh, last night. Um, and he, God, he would be perfect in those movies, dude. Like as much as John Cena sucks, um, too, he could be, as, he could be like, Treados other long lost. Brother. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> I would love nothing more. But um, yeah, man, this movie is just so funny and just so enjoyable. 
um, even even with it being repulsive at times and like the decisions he makes is just one after another, just the worst possible things a human could um, not like the worst, but like, again, he just pretty close to being close, the, the, yeah. the worst. And again, like every time he's so close to making the right choice or starting to kind of climb out of the gutter, there's always that temptation or opportunity that he can't help but try to grab for himself mm-hmm. instead of maybe you know, improving himself as a person. And that's mm-hmm. always interesting as well. And and again, I think even like, you know, NSYNC's Bye 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 and the way that it's used throughout it's used the movie, bookend, it's, yeah. it's fascinating because it also kind of plays into when he was probably most prominent as a porn star in the early 2000s in the way that Rex was very prominent in the early 2000s as an MTV VJ, but also as kind of a, a fledging movie, yeah. movie star. So it all works so well within the narrative of that song. And then there, it's all also beautifully covered by Susanna's son. Oh yeah, that's and, and, awesome. And too. one moment yeah. as well. And and again, she is also so good. Yeah, we haven't movie. talked enough about her. Um, She's wonderful. Yeah, and, and her character is really interesting and in, as well in terms of her own motivations and what she's doing. And there's one moment in this movie that if it was in like a romantic comedy or like a more straightforward drama, it would play out very kind of traditional. It's a, a proposal scene, but the way right. that Sean Baker <laughs> uses the environment is incredible. And that scene feels like totally like on the spot, like guys, let's go do this right now because this thing is happening and I don't want to give it away, but Eric is absolutely right. Like that to me, that didn't seem planned. No, it almost seems like, let's go out and do it right now. Cause this would be very funny. And it is and like, hilarious. Yeah. It's really good. And then, um, one other thing I want to talk about is like the production design and just like the color palettes Baker uses, especially in Florida project, which he then returns here to, uh, in red rocket with some of the pastels and pinks and, and things like that. It's not used like as much as maybe Florida project, but I think when it's used, I think is really effective. And especially you brought in the NSYNC song and just, I think that last, moment of the film i think is so great in in both how it's using that song and with the color palette and just you know just in the head of that character in those final moments i think is so great and just seeing you know the juxtaposition between his life and strawberry's life and like um and him trying to kind of pull her into um his i think is really really cool and um uh yeah the the use of bye 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 is just fantastic and also just thinking about like how the movie does come full circle in a way, but also how there's the moment when he's trying to get back into uh, Elrod's character's life. And he talks about like how he can't stay with his mother because she's in a a nursing home. And I almost feel like he already tried to get in there. That's the kind of character he is the way that he talks about like, Oh, I I can't stay there. It it just seems like, Oh, he probably actually tried to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love Baker loving donut shops as well. He just, uh, which is great. And it's just such a great location for the movie. And, um, and it also plays very well, like, like Baker. I mean, a lot of people know the Florida project and obviously with tangerine, like being shot on an iPhone, but then, um, the movie that a lot of people kind of like first started kind of noticing him was for Starlet and Starlet also kind of takes place partly in, in the adult world. And that's kind of where he started developing the, the, the Mikey Saber character. And that movie is a much different film where you have this kind of up and coming adult film star befriending a much older woman. And it's almost, it's not a rom- it's not a romantic comedy or a romance like um, Harold and Maude, but it kind of has that kind of like sort of, 
very eccentric kind of friendship thing going on. And so anytime he makes a movie, I feel he's one of the best when it comes to sort of modern America and sort of Mm -hmm. tapping into something that is very authentic and honest um, and never exploitative, even though you can have that conversation, he comes kind kind of from the same background as someone like Harmony Corinne, or even more recently, I mean, it was talked a lot about with Chloe Zhao with Nomadland. So, you know, that conversation is there, but I, I just find it very interesting to see how he kind of integrates himself into these societies that don't really um, get shown. And if they do, they're usually uh, either gawked at or turned into caricatures for the media. Yeah, like think of um, my God, what was the Ron Howard movie? Um, oh, uh, Hillbilly uh, Elegy. Yeah, like I just feel like look at the comparison there of looking like trying to do not necessarily that the movies are about the same thing, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Yes. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and him using non actors, like I just feel like it it never stands out. It just always feels like these are real people and he's so good at finding the right person to whether they're improvised or whether they are delivering dialogue that he's written like i just feel like the scenes just feel utterly authentic and just like really lived in and i believe everyone as these people at like as these people or just you know people that they're familiar with that um I just think it's great, man. I think it's one of the best movies of the year. Um, it is one of the funniest movies in a long time. Um, it's uncomfortable. Um, it's one of the most unlikable yet likable characters that you've seen in a movie in a long time. And I think Simon Rex and Susanna's son, who again, we haven't talked about enough, but she is very, very good in the movie. Um, I think it's, it's great. I'm going to give it a a four and a half. I thought it was fantastic. I'm also going to give it a four and a half. I, 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 you know, echo your sentiments. I think it's a a very funny film. I think Simon Rex is incredible in this movie. Susanna Sun matches him in every scene that they're in together. Um, I love the cinematography. I love, uh, the writing of the movie, the earnestness, the honestness. And again, it's not an easy movie to recommend, but it is one that I think has an, again, like we were talking about Nightmare Alley. You look at Nightmare Alley and you look at Bradley Cooper's character in that movie being this con man. There's not a moment in that movie that I would buy into his bullshit where with Mikey Saber, I kind of do a little bit. I can understand why people would be taken by him. Absolutely. Um, Thank you all for listening. Uh, We have a lot of other reviews uh, that you guys can check out right now. Eric just mentioned Nightmare Alley. You guys can go see that review or listen to that review. Uh, We'll have a review for The Kingsman, which might be up right now. Uh, being the Ricardo's licorice pizza, which I mentioned, which has, we'll be talking about a similar relationship. Um, the tragedy of Macbeth, the lost daughter, the matrix resurrections, the tender bar, uh, Serrano, um, and more. Uh, if you want to find us, uh, just search for untitled movie podcast on YouTube. Uh, we would love for you guys to go subscribe over there. Thumbs up some videos. Even if you don't watch the video versions, like go subscribe over there. It really helps us um comment all that stuff kind of helps us get into the algorithm of things. And doesn't Spotify have um, now um ratings? They do have ratings. So yeah. if you're an audio listener on Spotify, uh we would love for you guys to um hit five stars or whatever you want to rate us. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um the thing there is they only let people who have listened on Spotify rate, but there's a way to get around that. It, even if you're an Apple podcast listener or listen on other platforms, you can just go in and hit mark all as um 
as listened or whatever, like, uh, like I've finished all these episodes and then you can rate a podcast. So, or maybe I know a lot of people listen to podcasts on Spotify. So, um, I would appreciate if you guys went over there and hit those five stars on both untitled movie reviews, which is the show you're listening to now untitled movie podcast and untitled movie conversations. Uh, if you want a one-stop shop for everything, head over to letterboxd, uh, which is untitled underscore movies. We post all of our YouTube videos there, all of our, uh, ratings and reviews, which have links to both the audio and video version. Um, so just probably easiest spot to find everything that we do. Just head over to letterboxd untitled underscore movies. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work, um, not on Pornhub, but around the internet at, <laughs> at uh, entitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. And on Pornhub. And on, <laughs> and on the social medias, on my OnlyFans page uh, at EM6211. That's what Mikey Saber needs to do, is start an OnlyFans. Well, was, it, was, was OnlyFans, though? Like, no, well, it no. might have been around, but it wasn't as popular with, you know, um, adult uh, the adult industry. Oh, you now, know he so. would now. Definitely. Oh, Mikey Saber's got an OnlyFans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, everyone, until next time. <laughs> bye, bye, bye.